welcome to the Relationship Recovery Podcast, hosted by Jessica Knight, a certified life coach who specializes in narcissistic and emotional abuse. This podcast is intended to help you identify manipulative and abusive behavior, set boundaries with yourself and others, and heal the relationship with yourself so you can learn to love in a healthy way. Hello, and thank you so much for being here as always. I haven't done a solo episode in a while. It's been so great connecting with so many guests and I have some really interesting and exciting people coming up soon, but I've also been working on content on solo episodes to just dive back into some of the intricacies, what it feels like, and how to begin to heal, recognize, and move on from abusive relationships. And so today I'm going to talk about detaching from a narcissist. And I just want to be clear that when I talk about these things, and I use the word narcissist, I use the word abuser, I use all these different terms. What I'm really saying is like the manipulative person, the person in the relationship. If you don't feel safe, it doesn't matter if I call them Elmo or if I call them like George. They can be called anything. It doesn't matter if they're a narcissist. It doesn't matter if they're an abuser. It doesn't matter. These things don't matter if you don't feel safe. The label doesn't matter. Of course, it matters if you're being abused. I don't want you to be abused. The only part of this that does not quote unquote matter is the label that they're called because it's the label that you're identifying with right now. And that's what's important. So as you listen to this, if I interchange narcissist, abuser, and some of these other words, I just want to tell you, don't worry about that. So how do you detach? That's a question that everyone seems to ask themselves and me. And it probably feels like you will literally never detach. And I know that at least for me, and I know for a lot of people, it does feel like an addiction, which is also a fact and supported by a lot of research. And if you do feel this way, that you literally can't detach, it is very normal. But today I wanted to just discuss detachment to go over this topic. And first I want to start with some ways that you may not be detaching. Now I'm going to go over a few things and this is meant so that you can look at your own behavior and see where you're in your own way. And even if you don't feel like you can make a change just yet, what you can do is notice where these things are happening and you can at least you'll be doing them with awareness. So here are some ways you may not be detaching. Wanting to dictate their next moves. Now this may sound like something that they would do, but what I really mean here is allowing them to make mistakes. For example, When I was with an ex, I remember after he broke up, I was really worried he wouldn't get to work. And honestly, that's completely on him. Whether he gets up and gets to work on time at all, that's his issue. And often he was always in his own way with getting to work in the first place. But I remember in the early days texting him to check in on it, like it would have any difference on my day. But I was convinced that by knowing if he got up and got to work, it mattered. And that I felt like I couldn't let go of that responsibility that I had of making sure he was taking care of his life. And we all do this in some way, which is similar to the need to rescue them or fix them. 
I think that a lot of these relationships have patterns of trying to fix the other person. And in a lot of ways, we're trying to save them from being dysfunctional or even sick. You may even feel like they're so messed up that they can't function without you. They may actually say this to you, which can be anything from I can't live without you to I'm going to commit suicide. And it may be what you tell yourself too. You may have noticed that they barely took care of themselves or that you did everything in the relationship. This is usually whether or not you live with them. And so it may feel like a death sentence to leave them, but you'll need to. We also try and control how and if they miss us. I did this a lot and many of my clients have done this too. And we'll notice certain things on social media or post things on social media looking for a specific response. We'll keep them unblocked so that they have access to us. We make sure that we see them again somehow showing up in their neighborhood or at an event or with their friends. We will want them to know that we are okay, even if we're not. And this puts all the focus on them and not us. When we don't attach, the focus stays on them. And we only heal if they realize what they did, feel remorse, or they change, all of which we can't control. And all of which is not likely for a narcissist or an abuser. Both of those personalities, and as a reminder, if you're in a narcissistic relationship, they are abusive. Narcissistic behavior is abuse. Both personalities believe that they are right. You are likely trauma bonded. So you love them, even though they treat you poorly and see the best in them, even though they don't deserve it and haven't earned it. And learning to detach will help you see that the relationship had these unhealthy boundaries. You'll see things clearly and in reality. The best way I've heard this described is this. Imagine being bit by a snake. Instead of helping yourself heal from the poison, you try to catch the snake to find out the reason it bit you to prove that you didn't deserve it. That one really hit home. Imagine you're being bit by a snake and instead of helping yourself heal from the poison, you try and catch the snake to find out the reason it bit you to prove that you didn't deserve it. Emotional detaching is hard and it requires you to really change your thoughts and beliefs. And by learning to detach, you disarm the other person by really eradicating their ability to hurt you, which happens over time. In reality, detaching will likely not get the response that you're looking for, but over time, you will begin to care a bit less about the impact on the other person and care more about how you can heal yourself. Detaching is really the basis for developing and maintaining a safe emotional distance from someone who you've previously given a lot of power to. Let's look at that a little bit deeper because here are some really hard truths about that. Love does not conquer all. That belief that love conquers all is false. You cannot love an abuser into being non-abusive. What you experienced or experiencing feels like love at times, but it isn't. It's a trauma-bonded experience that is wrapped up in the cycle of abuse. You also cannot rescue or save them. They are stuck in their own distorted reality. They're trying to rescue them and to change them, is futile. If they wanted to change or felt like they had to, they would. And they would have before this point. The person you 
want them to be conflicts deeply with who they actually are. And the more you try, the more you will be dragged under. You may feel hopeless, obsolete, but you are not. And this is a moment in time in this relationship that you feel this way. And your sense of self was questioned over and over. And now it's time for you to move on and recover. Detaching is also something that is more about future you. It focuses on the today you, the who you are today in this moment, listening to this podcast and the future version of you. One powerful mindset I had when breaking out of an abusive relationship was that I wanted to break the pattern for myself and for my daughter. I knew that if I didn't do it, then she'd likely normalize this is her reality, just as I did when I was younger. And it might be subconscious, it might be upconscious. But when you heal the pattern for yourself, you heal the pattern for the generations coming after you. It's clear that detaching will help you begin to take space and it will help stop letting people take advantage of you in a relationship. But how do we do it? How do we do it when we're so stuck in the cycle? We need to work on the thoughts. So negative thoughts will sleep in and can ruin your day. You will need to be diligent with yourself and on your A game around this. And I'm going to walk you through a purge and a talk back. This is the activity I use most often to work on the harmful sabotaging thoughts that keep me stuck. I also just want to be clear, this is absolutely one method of thought work. There are a lot of methods of thought work. This is one. A thought purge is when you take every single thought in your head and you put it down on paper. When I do this, I typically have a blank sheet of paper and I just unload everything that's on my mind on that sheet of paper. And it could be, none of it can make sense. It could be totally irrational. I could be talking myself back into a relationship. The point is I'm getting it out on paper. I'm not letting the rumination continue in my head. And then after it's down, I give myself a break. I get up, I go for a walk. I get a cup of tea. I might even wait until the next day if I feel like I got enough of a release from getting every single thought in the way that I talk to myself out on paper. But the key is that you have to come back to it and you have to talk back to those thoughts. I usually pick up a different pen or a pencil if I used a pen or a pen if I used a pencil. And I start writing back to each thought of how I would want somebody to respond to me that knew me, that loved me, and that cared about me. And so if the thought said some if the authentic thought said something like, Well, I will never love anybody else again. If I wrote back to that thought right after writing that thought, my response would probably be like an exclamation point, like, yeah, never get like I will never love anybody again. After some time, after giving myself a second, after regulating my emotions, after taking deep breaths, after even waiting a day, going back to it with the mindset of I'm going to write back to myself the way I'd want somebody who loves me would respond to me, who cared about me. The way I respond would respond to that one is it might feel right now like you'll never love again, but you are settling for a version of love that feels like torture. If a thought said, what if I'm the abuser? I might respond to it. Like, I know I'm not an abuser. But if that thought was really strong 
because the other person was accusing me of that all the time, my response might be, I don't think I'm an abuser, but if I am, I'm willing to change all my behaviors because I don't want to treat someone that way. If a thought said my entire life is about to change, I might write back, it might change and it might be scary, but there's a lot of possibility on the other side. I like to respond to the authentic in the moment thoughts in a very thoughtful way, in a very caring way, in a very, I'm going to hold your hand and get you to this other side kind of way. And that's how I encourage you to approach it too. I encourage you to approach it in a way that's meeting you where you are, meeting you with what you need, meeting you with compassion. If you start getting very stuck on a thought, I would really encourage you to just think of a bridge thought, a thought of how can I help myself get to this point? How can I help myself get a bit closer? Because we don't want to self-gaslight, right? If it says, say the thought is like, I'm never going to love again. The next thought is like, I'm, you know, the authentic, the uh, talk back can't be, I'm going to meet the love of my life tomorrow. It's not realistic. It's something along the lines of, I choose to believe I'm going to love again. Or if you feel really confident about it, like, I know I'm going to love again. This just is really hard. You know, you just sort of, I like to take where I am and bridge it to the next side. I'm learning to believe. I choose to believe. All of those kinds of thoughts help you get there. This is not easy. This is something that I work with people on a lot. This is something that I know is helpful. This is something that's a practice though. You know, and if you are really struggling, this is one thing you can do every day. It's a time that you give yourself to ruminate. I used to do it at night and then wake up in the morning and write back to it. I did this when I was married. I did this before that. I, I'm a journaler. I've been journaling my whole life. So writing out these purges, like at first I had to get over this hump of like, I'm not going to journal the way that like, I normally do, but this is really meant to be a purge, right? You might write things down you don't even believe, but in the moment you do, because it's it's in your head. This is one method to break the rumination so you can begin to detach because what happens is, is like we have these neural pathways that tell us these are the thoughts that we believe. We believe we're never going to love again. We need to start to create some of those other neural pathways. We need to let that part of ourselves speak, this part of us that honestly got you to this podcast in the first place. If you didn't think something was going on and something was wrong, you would not be here right now. And so, you know, the thought is going to come in. It's going to say, no, this is the real one. But after doing this a few times, you're going to start to have another thought on the other side that says, wait, 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 maybe there's more. Maybe there's another thing to see. I hope this is helpful. If you feel like you need more support, you can email me at jessica at jessicanightcoaching.com. If you want support with just detaching and working on how can I begin to change my thoughts and that you just want some time just to like work on this, you can set up a one-on-one with me that is just to focus on this. I call it a validation call. There may not be any reasonable times available right now. It's a book on my website. Um, but if you email me, I can let you know if I have anything open sooner as if you're here, you know, I'm a single mom. So there are times that 
I just have some blocks that I may not need that are in there, but that are in there because that's what we do (laughs) as single parents. And if you need additional support or long-term support, that's the best way to reach me as well. I know how hard this is. I say that almost every time. I know how hard this is. I know how hard this is, but keep showing up for the future you that doesn't want to feel the way that you feel right now. And if you need a few more resources, you can always go to emotionalabusecoach.com and find different ways to connect with me. And I hope to hear from you soon.